songs. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover. And this is Mr. Betsy Stover, Ari Bukitas. <laughs> um, so this is uh, 4th of July, is the week sort of leading up to 4th of July, and um, and Amanda and I just couldn't get it together. So Ari and I are going to do a little episode before we uh, skip town for our camping trip. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's it's about like it's like 1030 now. How 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 much have I seen you today? Because I feel like it's zero. Yeah, it's pretty very little. Like we saw each other for breakfast and that's like it. Hey, doing? How was your day? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's going on with you? I don't even know. I'm all t- I'm just so tired. Just worked all day and getting everything ready for this trip and i'm still like trying to cram everything in like uh every tuesday my dad and uh my stepmom host a zoom meeting and then my grandpa is there and usually uh one of my sisters and two of my brothers are there um and uh and so it's every week and and they changed it so that i could be there like uh, it used to be on Thursdays, but I work on Thursday, so they moved it, and so now I feel like extra, like I need to be there, sure. and I can't skip it because I, they moved it for me. Right. Um. So today I had, I I knew that I had to pack it all in because you had work to do, and I needed to get all of my work done so that you could possibly get your work done. Of wah, course, wah. <laughs> at ten thirty <laughs> at night, I ah! just finished most of my work i mean i still have to meal plan and we have to grocery shop for this right. trip we're taking but um <laughs> so i had to do this zoom family call on my phone as i drove from like like i was there at dick's sporting goods like waiting for them to bring something out to my car and then i'm like talking to my dad and my stepmom and then but I can like barely hear them for some reason, and of course, like the the phone thing that like keeps the phone in place, right? Like couldn't couldn't like move, so they just saw like the just like the top quadrant like of <laughs> my head, uh, <laughs> just the big Illuminati eye at the top of the pyramid, <laughs> yeah, just like an eye and part of my hair. Um, and I had sunglasses anyway, and it was just like, and I could barely hear them, and I could hear, I could only hear them when I got to a stop sign. That's weird. And they were all having like a conversation. I don't know why it was so quiet. Um, but, uh, and every now and then I would hear someone like refer to me, and I didn't know if they were talking to me or just talking about (laughs) me. Um, and of course my grandpa like did not understand at all what the situation was. Uh. I think I I think they tried to explain it a couple times, and I think he eventually was like, "Okay, uh, <laughs> I know he does that sometimes." It, like, cause I, my stepmom said something, and I didn't know what she said, and he said, "What was that?" And then she said it again. He was like, "What?" And then she she said it again, and I know that he couldn't hear her because I also didn't know what the fuck she said, and he was like, "Uh huh," uh, which is what I do to our kids all the time. All the time. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, so it was just crazy. So then I'm like trying to zoom and every time we get, so, so I can't hear anyone on this fucking stupid zoom family meet, um, over the roar of our hybrid Prius engine. (laughs) 
Just your Mad Max style. <laughs> like, you should know this. Like, Betsy and I, we moved here. We're like, we're in Hollywood. We're going to get an old school muscle car, right? So that we can just, like, cruise down Venice Beach in our light blue Prius. What's the thing that they do on, like, jazz. microphone or microphones? Um, style rap. Um, <laughs> motorcycles where they try to, they, like, loosen something. Oh, and- yeah. The gears. So, like, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, we did that on our Prius. No. Yes. We did not. Well, um, so, but so I could only hear them when I would come to a stop sign, and um, or like a light, and and then I would just have to crane my eye, like my ear, like all the way up to the phone to hear it. It was so stupid, <laughs> but I felt so obligated to like be there, right? Because they moved everything around for you, exactly. Um, and and so like I'm trying to listen to them while I'm. Why driving. didn't I go to Dick's Sporting Goods today instead of you? I don't know. It's not like I wasn't fucking doing anything important. I was just watching the kids. I don't know. And then I went to Target and I picked up stuff, you know, at the curbside thing there. And you know, the irony is I would have killed to just have a little bit of time away for the kids today. I should have done it. Uh, well, I didn't mind doing it, honestly. Well, I yeah, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's worse. Trying to Zoom with my family around the kids or trying to Zoom with my family while I drive and I can't hear them. I mean, I can't yeah. hear them either way. But we dropped a screen bomb today, so today you're probably going to get away with it. This morning I had a lot to do, and I knew that you had a lot to do. And so I was just like, free screens until your brains fall out. Whee! Um, and, and they were so the- happy. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that they were a little bit more difficult than average at bedtime tonight. I mean, is that a rhetorical question? It's because the answer is yes. Yeah, it's me currently realizing. Yeah, I heard them even, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that's because they were on screens all day." Yeah, well, I gave them ice cream. They didn't help, but I didn't give them a lot. I didn't give them a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, in my, in our mom's group, uh, someone was like, "Um, are you guys uh, doing a lot of treats at your house since quarantine?" And, uh, and everyone was like, yep, yep, yep. Like Nutella, uh, never ending, like waterfall of ice cream. Like it's oh, just, yeah. yeah, just for the Cheetos kids too. and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone's just like sugar and treats for, so if you're listening and it's been an insane, just like free for all in terms of junk food and sweets, just know you are not alone. If you are listening and you are in shape and you are eating well, 80%, God bless you, 20%. Fuck you. What do you know that I... Chill out. It's a pandemic. Who are you angry at? People that are making good choices. <laughs> Those people don't listen to this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I suppose you're I'm right. I'm joking. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I love you all. You know that. So, uh, Ari, you have anything you want to talk about before we get into some listener uh, emails and uh, phone just, calls and stuff? I guess I could just talk about this evening a little bit. Yeah, do uh, it. So, so today was the kind of day where I I never like sat down or like got on Twitter or like whatever so like I feel like I woke worked the whole day at the end of the day to do list exactly as long as it was when I woke up um it was mostly fine because it was a screeny kind of day for the kids mm-hmm. um but then yeah when it was time for them to go to bed everything was like going fine we have it so that you know it all the phones shut off automatically at 7 50 so i'm like when the phone shut off i'm not approving any more requests oh this yeah. is your snack time so oh, we have guys. this thing now where with like if you have an iphone um you can do this thing called family sharing i'm sure people with like newer devices have even better versions of this but so everyone's like on our family sharing thing they don't have like phone accounts but they 
can use like these old phones that aren't used for phones anymore as like little devices and they're all hooked together so that yeah yeah you're looking at me like oh betsy no i'm not okay um i swear to god and so the cool thing is that you can have like downtime so we make sure that like from what is that seven during the school year it was like at 7 30 they shut off yeah and they don't turn on again until six right yeah uh so it's awesome and then if they want more time they can ask and you can say yes or you can just act like you didn't see it you can talk about this with the hashtag mom hack yeah mom hack mom hack fucking keep your kids away from screens by controlling them we you know what i'm yeah i i wonder how many people out there have the same things so we each in theory you and I each have an iPad. Oh, that's a joke. Right. We don't, right? It's the kids stuff. But, but like... P.S. It sounds like we are so uh, just a... Uh, a wash in technology. Yeah, a wash in technology. But like I should say that was the very... This is a first generation iPad yes. and a first generation iPad mini. Yes. They have. They are older than our kids. And the kids have... Uh, well, I don't know. Well, Rex's now, phone is ancient. But that said, although Ajax has a fairly newer one. I don't want you to think two unemployed <laughs> stage comedians... <laughs> Don't live a diamonds and furs lifestyle. I want you to know each of my kids has their own phone. <laughs> and they have all these iPads. I, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I say that because like some listeners. I know what you mean. Were, uh, like Venmoed us money while we were uh, yes. like unemployed and. Which we still totally are. Totally in the mm-hmm. shit. Um, Feel free to keep it coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> well, I'm working you're more. Working, I'm yeah. working more now. Um, you're you're not working as very much. Not as much. And the work that I am doing, it's all out of patriotism, really, because I that amount comes out of your unemployment check. So yeah, but I'm doing it for the economy. <laughs> well, technically, there's like a limit yeah. for. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't intend to hit that limit. I intend to like get a job before that limit runs out. But you know, yes. Well, you know what they say about getting a job in a pandemic. Easy to do. Easy to do. Yep. Quarantine, more like getting a mm-hmm. job. <laughs> I'm so sorry. See, uh, now that we're uh, you know not working as much, we're really rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say we have more time to write this material. Nope. This tightly written script that we deliver to you. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> the gossamer wings of the comedy angels. <laughs> so what happened? Did you have anything else to say oh, about well, that? So like it was the kind of thing where everything was going, you know, okay today, right? And I was keeping track of everything, you know, whatever. And so it was like at night, we, it was all good. And then I was like, all right, guys. So here's what I tried to say. What I tried to say is... Um, I'm in a good mood right now, right? So let's just all make sure we listen so that everything stays cool, right? But it took me 10 minutes to say that because they would not let me get a sentence out. And the thing is, at any given time, always one of them would be behaving. So like Rex would be like smiling and listening while Odie like pile drives Ajax. Yes. And so I'm like, guys, and then Ajax, Rex would be like, what? I'm listening. You know, and so it was oh my constantly. Gosh. Ajax never makes eye contact when you're trying to tell him shit and it makes me nuts. 
And and it's not just that. And he's, it's not that he can't make eye contact. I want to make that clear. Right. He, oh, he's terrified. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he averts his eyes. He's like a beaten he, dog. Yeah, exactly. We found him in a Harley Davidson parking lot. <laughs> you should know that about him. Oh my God! Ari says that specific because my mom once adopted a dog, or not even adopted, adopted is a strong word. Yeah, found a a, a dog um, in a Harley Davidson parking lot. And I know there's no such thing as bad dogs, but this dog sucked. And we met this dog. This is, um, I think, the first time we came to your house, right? It was my mom's house. Your yeah. mom's house after we had started dating, uh-huh. and you had warned me. About this uh, shitty dog, this shitty dog who named bit Matt. everyone, bit everyone, and then I had this moment. It was like in the Holy Grail when they see the rabbit, and they're like, "Oh, it's just a rabbit, right?" So I see this little fluffy dog start yeah. bounding up, and I'm like, "Okay, guys, this can't possibly." And he jumped up and he tore my jeans. Yeah, yeah, that dog lived to be thirty. Uh, I mean, not literally, oh my but God, almost. But she had. She, my mom always had like. A few dogs at a time. Yeah. And it was always like two or probably like three dogs most yes. of the time. And God, gosh she, darn she, it. She's a, a big-hearted all... woman with poor impulse control. But every time a dog died, it was never the one who sucked. It was always a good dog. And a lot of them died weird. <laughs> <laughs> they all died with torn jeans. Why were those dogs what? wearing That's jeans? Weird. Uh because Max killed them. Oh. No, but like, oh. And then at one point, my mom had two dogs named Max. Big and, Max and Little Max. And Big Max was legit the size of two regular sized dogs taped together. Oh, my God. So if you're familiar with a, what a, a Westie is, a West Highland White Terrier. And if you're familiar with a sumo wrestler is, like a giant man. A Westie is the kind of dog that you see on those um, Caesar uh, dog food commercials. Yeah, they're like white, little dog. white Scotty dogs. Yeah, they're like white Scotty dogs. Should be about 19 pounds. But this dog was... A morbidly obese. Yes. Oh, and I should say the Westie is the official totem of the family because Betsy and I used to go to uh, Westminster Kennel Club shows for fun because we're fucking cool. And uh, we there was a little booklet about all the breeds and the one sentence description for the Westie was bred to solve problems, not to take orders. Yeah. And we felt like that. Uh, bred to us. solve problems, not to take orders. Yeah. Yeah, we identified with that, yes. and also, um, you know, that if you if you are familiar with Westies, that's totally their jam. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm kids not are like that, but you. cause problems. They're like legendarily like one of the hard, hardest breeds to yes, train. Yes, they're an impossible. They don't train. give a fuck, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's why it's our <laughs> our Patronus, and that's why we have a son named Rex. Yeah, who don't give a fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we have a son named Rex and the dog named Walter. Because we know how to name things normal. Anyway. anyway. It was like a dog taped together to another yes. dog. Poor dog. Yes. And was... and poor Max. So Big Max now, it, I died you, before Little Max. Yes. Well, she, oh, uh, was she just adopted the... him from some woman that oh yeah just force fed him why i think i think big max lived with um like an elderly woman who probably didn't walk him at all and just fed him because she loved him and yes. maybe and felt bad that she wasn't her in like one day yeah I, i'm pretty sure he ate her because uh, yeah. yeah jesus i like mean how soaking big, into a bath of piranhas how, i mean okay like how i don't even i can't even describe um, the the thickness of the dog is the thing. It's it's it a little like bit like, up oh, like a watermelon. Yes, like a like a big like a watermelon, angry watermelon. It, honestly, we just bought a watermelon, and that dog was bigger than that watermelon. Yes. Um, um, like it was a, like a little beer keg. Yes, yes. Imagine picking up a beer keg, and then the beer keg goes. 
Because he, he hated being so picked up because he was mad. gigantor. Yeah, he's like, don't bring. Well, you know what? I feel the same way. I've gained weight, and if anyone tries to pick me up, I'm like, please don't do that. So maybe. How, in what circumstances is that happening? <laughs> when you're a lady, you know, who's 5'3". Uh-huh. Uh, people try to pick you up? People do try to pick you up occasionally. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you were to tell me, sometimes when I go out, people try to pick me up. I'd be like, okay, I expect that. And then you'd be like, no, you're not hearing me. They try to physically <laughs> lift me up. You're like, why haven't we talked about this? Just every now and then, someone will hug me and then they will try to lift me up and sort of swing me around. That's, that's unacceptable behavior. Well, that's what happens when you're a short lady. Like, oh, good Lord. A short lady with poor boundaries. Yeah. People are like, I can pick you up and swing you around, right? <laughs> when I was on that game show, uh, what, six years ago? Um, the celebrity, celebrity name game. Yeah. Uh, we won, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, at the end, uh, what's the host's name? Um, that Scottish guy who was on late. Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson was the host, and he tried to pick me up. Are you trying to do that? And I was like, oh, no, that's okay. Please don't don't pick me up on television. And he was like, oh, like he he thought it was hilarious that I didn't want to be. (laughs) Like, oh, boy. Uh, ladies, you understand. Yeah, dudes, uh, maybe cool it with picking up ladies you barely know. You know, I have to say, when I was younger and much lighter, I didn't mind it. It was kind of fun. I remember that was a thing of yours ages ago. What? You like being like picked up and thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. But, um, but yeah, no longer. Yes. Well... We're slightly older, <laughs> a lot more fragile, and about twice as big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not making fun of myself. I'm just—it's uh, just acceptance. Just it's just what's up. Yeah. This is my season of life, Ari. There, oh, this interesting. This is our season of life. This is our season of life. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! What is our season of entropy going to look like? What is a season of locked in a bunker for a goddamn year look like? Oh, that is what season we're in. Oh, these are the good old days, Stover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <sighs> I mean, we talk about it all the time on the show. We are stressed out. We are anxiety ridden. We are depressed. We are just in a space. And um, if you're suffering from depression, stress, anxiety, problems in your relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, you know, this is all stuff to me that relates to everything going on in the world right now. Um, But if you are suffering from some of those subjects, then I advise uh, that you check out our sponsor this week, which is BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So you can connect in a safe and private online environment, which is super convenient because right now everything is online. And you can start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. If you don't necessarily match up with the right person, BetterHelp will be committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you qualify. So it's convenient, it's confidential, it's professional, and it's affordable. And right now, I'm telling you, the greatest thing in the entire world you can do is take some time out of your week to give yourself some self-care. Self-care for me is definitely talking to my therapist once a week and making sure that I'm checking in with myself and what's going on with me. Um, That makes me a better person 
Uh, it makes me a better friend. It makes me a better mom, I think. Um, so if you're interested in checking out BetterHelp, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month. So if you go to betterhelp.com slash drinks, which is our code, betterhelp.com slash drinks. Um, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So also, if you're a licensed professional counselor and you're looking for work, Check out BetterHelp. So betterhelp.com slash drinks. Get 10% off your first month. Feels is a premium CBD that's delivered directly to your doorstep. And what it does is it naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I have been having a lot of um, a, a really tough time sleeping lately. I, I think it's because I'm just not getting enough exercise or I'm, you know, I'm really anxious lately. Um, and, you know, we're all just cooped up. So feels, you just put a few drops of feels under your tongue and then you feel the difference like within minutes. And the thing is, you just have to figure out your right dose. But Feels offers a free CBD hotline, and they'll help you figure all that out and just kind of guide your, your own personal experience with CBD. You don't feel high. There's no hangover. You can't get addicted to it. It's just a little a CBD oil, and it works naturally to help you feel better. So if you join the Feels community, you can get Feels delivered to your door every month, and you'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. So why not give it a try? Become a member today by going to feels.com slash WMD and you will get half off your first order and free shipping. So that's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash WMD to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Try it out. Feels.com slash WMD. Get that CBD oil. Some emails? Yeah, I'll your emails. Okay. This is from Christina Crowder. This is called Late Night Tantrums and Children Who Won't Sleep In. Uh, this is from a while ago, so mentally, it's almost exactly a year ago. So mentally, age up everybody. So, <laughs> hi, Betsy and Amanda. Except that in the story, they're still the same age that they were in the story. No one needs to imagine them a year older because you're not no, presently I'm, with these characters. But imagine them now looking back on the story. <laughs> So okay. what they look like in their memory is what I want you to picture. Interesting. Okay. So, hey, Betsy and Amanda. I just listened to the episode with Melissa Fumero, and it resonated so much. Um, now, a year later, she might have said, like, I listened to uh, the episode with Jessica Eason. I'm just I'm messing around. What's that? Doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Oh, Good. you're trying to. <laughs> trying to update it for a year later. Okay. But I picked somebody who has been a guest for like all like five years or whatever doing this podcast. Like a dummy. I could have said Dana Gould, which like just happened. There you go. Okay. Hey, Betsy and Amanda. I just listened to the episode with Melissa Fumero and it resonated so much. My fiance and I, now no doubt her husband, have three daughters. <laughs> yeah. Ages... What kind of jerks would be engaged for long periods of time? <laughs> we were engaged for five and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Um, because the I think that the 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 important part is figuring out you want to spend the rest of your life together, and the rest of it's planning an expensive party. Exactly, one hundred percent. Um, my fiance and I. I'm just you know what I'm gonna do it. 
I'm going to read it as written. I'm not going to adjust everything for No? You don't right want now. to fucking do that? No, was that not helping? I feel like it, it was, I know it was helping, but I don't want to put that much effort into it. It was not helping. It. What are you How talking about? How was it not about? helping? I was modernizing it. What are you <laughs> fucking around? I completely fucking with you. Oh, I was being no. obtuse on purpose. Or, oh, God. All right. So remember, <laughs> no one's wearing a mask in this story. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Married it. All right. Oh. My fiance and I have three daughters, ages 13, 14, and 16. But the first story takes place 13, when they were 14. about five, six, and eight. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> now, imagine... <laughs> Now imagine they're in like old colonial times. We take you now. Pretty good wife. (laughs) We are zero sentences into this story. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Back it the fuck up. Okay. Okay. About a year ago. Jesus Christ. I'll stop. I swear to God, I'll stop. That last part wasn't my fault. She's writing this in two different time periods. He is compelled. He is compelled to fuck around. You yes. cannot help it, which is why our children are insane. It is half of why our children are insane, genetically speaking. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just gotta fuck you for saying that half of our kids' genes come from you. I thought you were implying that the other half, they were Bonkatron because of me. Yeah, ha- they're Bonkatron half because of me and half because of you. That's what I was saying, not even implying. Anyway, what ages were they in this story well at the time of this writing they were five six and eight so think about them as four twelve and eleven i do not like it i don't like it don't like it okay i'll stop i'll stop all right five six and eight six and eight you're the worst i love you okay okay all right, so a lot of numbers in this one sentence. All right, so this first story takes place when they were five, six, and eight. Oh my God, don't say it again. I won't, but it does hint that there's a second story which is going to travel in time. Yes, so, I am stone cold sober. Oh, I'm stone cold sober. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So normally in the past, we've always taped these with like a giant cocktail. And I think what we're learning is that was not the variable. Nope. Okay. All right. When our middle daughter was about six years old, she was obsessed with the book series Rainbow Fairies. If you're not familiar with the series, it revolves around fairies that have specific distinctions like the basketball fairy and the gymnastics fairy. Well, when she was at her mom's house, I am the stepmom, her mom and stepdad had this thing that if she wrote a letter to the fairy, they would come collect it and leave her something. We knew this was a thing, but we never did it at our house as it was never brought up and we have our own traditions. So our daughter got the book, The Gymnastic Fairy, and decided she wanted to write the fairy a letter. I said okay and asked if she wanted the fairy to leave her a letter in return, pre-planning, and she said no. So the night comes and she leaves the letter for the fairy and goes to bed but wakes up about an hour later and sees the letter hasn't been picked up and lost it. <gasps> I Wait. She didn't lose the letter. She, she lost, lost her, her mind. mind. Yeah. I managed to calm her down and tell her the fairy probably wouldn't come until her dad and I went to bed at about 1130 or so. It was nine at this point. Problem resolved. I get her back to bed and get her to sleep. And about 1145 or so, I go into her room and spirit away the letter since she didn't want a return letter. 
Remember, I asked. I left nothing. All good, right? You think it's going to turn out well? Oh, if, I bet it I bet it works out great. No, and she's really happy to see the letter well, gone. And nothing. your butthole because that's oh, not boy. how the story turns out. <laughs> Wrong. She wakes up at about two and sees the letter is gone, but nothing has been left and loses it. I am talking full on meltdown, screaming, crying, throwing herself on the floor. Oh, no. I am doing my best to calm her down so she doesn't A, wake our neighbors who share a wall with us. <laughs> Or B, have the cops called since it was summer and the windows were open. Of course. She continues this tantrum for two hours straight. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yo. Two hours. Yo. How old is she? Six. Jeez. What do you mean now? (laughs) (laughs) All right, she's 15 now. Oh um, she continues this tantrum for two hours straight and I started to lose it since I had to be up at five to get ready to go to work <gasps> by 645 Wait, and by this time, time is... it's four in the morning. Jesus, what? What? Hold on. This kid wakes up at four in the fucking morning and then freaks out for two hours? That is oh. the worst morning. Also, what is she even write to the gymnastics fairy? I hope they get into that. Like, what's so important that the gymnastics fairy needed to know? Look, there's enough important stuff about the gymnastics fairy that it fills a whole fucking book. Apparently, you're right. All right. I finally convinced her that the fairy had heard our previous conversation and thought she didn't really want the letter. And since she is super busy, didn't write one. But now, since she hears that my daughter is upset, we'll leave her a letter. I can... I, I feel like I'm there. I can feel that frantic backpedaling. Oh, my God. It's the worst when it's like, no, no. You said... Right. This... You don't remember saying that. Right. But this is what happened. I feel like that happens Constantly. at our house all the time. Like, I want a body cam. Yeah. So, like, we can go back and I can be like, you were let's real Let's check clear. the footage. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's roll the tape, Rick. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Yep. says here, uh, 10 minutes more screens is what you asked for. All right. <laughs> I go to work on my break and create this elaborate letter from the gymnastic fairy and deliver it that night. After she discovered it in the morning, I told her there will be no more letters to fairies written in our house. Being the mean mom and deflected the fit by telling her that every fairy but the tooth fairy can be seen by the cat and it drives the cat crazy. That is really unexpected and a great weird rationalization. Every fairy except the tooth fairy can be seen by the the cat and drives the cat crazy. Wow, it's so specific. It has to be true. It, yeah. Because, like, who would make that up if that weren't true? That's insane. Because otherwise it'd be like, well, the cat can live with it. I mean, how often does this happen? <laughs> also, what happens when the cat goes crazy? Isn't that the whole deal with cats? They're all fucking They're nuts. fucking crazy all the time. Like, what's this cat going to do? Is he start, like, clipping articles out of a newspaper, like, talking about how 9-11 was an inside job? <laughs> This cat's really crazy. He's gone on this long anti-technology screed. <laughs> Listen, he, we're he, gonna, told me, he told me 5G made COVID. Oh, COVID, oh. I heard that. <laughs> that we, cat's nuts. Has I a know. fairy been here? And we're, I know you, you're going to ask, why do we have to go over his house for Thanksgiving? But we have to. He's our cat. <laughs> what? We just don't talk about politics with him. Um... By the way, every time we go to the cat's house for Thanksgiving, we never have turkey. Well, I know, because every time I try to cook a turkey, he jumps on the table and he eats it. And he starts ranting and raving about fluoride. So 
And even that cat wears a mask. <laughs> Conspiracy theory cat. Conspiracy theory cat. We've named the episode. <laughs> All right. The second story. As mentioned previously, we have daughters, three daughters, who are now, at the time of this writing, 13, 14, and 16. The 13-year-old lives with us full-time, and she is my biological daughter from my first marriage and loves to sleep. This is important. <laughs> this is important. I love to sleep, too. But I, re- I was thinking about this the other day. For most of my adult life, I had always resented naps because I was like, because I, I kind of resented sleep. I was like, it's so stupid. We have to spend a third of our life Right. Well, when you're young, you're like, uh, uh, I'll sleep when I die. Right. Like, I, l- I literally would say that. Mm-hmm. I was like... I've got shit to do. Right. Um, but now, oh. Uh, and like mostly just getting high and going to the park. But Right. But you, you know, know what? That's important when you're to a, do. 20. Yeah. So. When I started dating my fiance, our children were two, three, and five. For some reason, our older two daughters would get up at 4 a.m. every day, which I'm guessing wasn't a big deal at their mom's house where they were most of the time. <laughs> okay. I'm reading that between the so, lines yeah, here. That is <laughs> such a stepmom voice. Uh, better flew at their mom's house. Right. Everything flies there. What? Yes. Ice cream for breakfast? Sure, Shannon. <laughs> Feed them fucking ice cream. For- then they come here and they expect the same thing, except here it's not crazy town, Shannon. Oh, Shannon, let them watch Stranger Things. Okay, well, guess what? Now they're at my house and they can't sleep. They're up screaming. They still want to watch it. So. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks. Okay, anyway. Shannon, my kids should not be vaping. <laughs> vaping? Yes. <laughs> Um, they smoke cigarettes like regular children. <laughs> All right. Which I'm guessing wasn't a big deal at their mom's house where they were most of the time, but it was a, a problem when they came to us Thursday through Saturday. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. No, it's a problem regardless. The U.S. Army thinks four in the morning's too early to wake yeah. up. Yeah. My, my guess is that they had just beaten her down and she was like, oh, fine. Fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to watch a cartoon, guys. When they were with us, all three girls shared a bedroom. And when the three and five-year-old came to stay, they would still get up at 4 a.m. no matter what time they were put to bed and start playing. Remember, all three girls, including the two-year-old who loves her sleep, were sharing a room. To paint a picture, the room was big, so all the toys were also kept in there. Oh. As was the coffee machine and, like, the firecrackers. We parked our car in there. (laughs) So when they got up, they would start by turning on the overhead light. Great. Then dump all the toys and proceed to play loudly, which would inevitably wake up the two-year-old who would wake up angry. Oh, I bet. At this point, we still kept a baby monitor in the room for many reasons. Oh, God. One being the two-year-old had nightmares and night terrors. And also, she's a two-year-old. I think most two-year-olds have a monitor on because they're... They're two. Yeah. They're still a baby. Uh, and I would get woken up to the three of them shouting at each other and pushing each other around. So cue me getting up at 4.30 a.m., putting three girls in the corner. Eve- I mean, that's oh. all, using almost all your corners. <laughs> Eventually, our older two... She left. lives in an octagon house. Don't oh, worry. Oh, thank God. I work at the Pentagon. <laughs> Eventually, our older two girls learn to not get up at 4 a.m., but they still get up at 6.30 a.m. on weekends no matter when they go to bed. Still. Still? At the time of this writing, so they're teenagers. What the? What? Yep. Wait. How old are the oldest girls according to the... in Now. Oh, now you want to know. Yeah, now I want to know. Now it matters. 
Oh, you come crawling back to the chronographer um, now. Okay, but tell the, tell me how old they were in the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh-oh. I think we're going all over the... You did. You outbid me uh, on the bit. Okay. Um, so at the time of this writing, they are 13, 14, and 16. Okay, so 14 and 16. Yes. A, a 16-year-old getting up at 6.30 in the morning? Outside of like ROTC and drug dealing, I can't imagine. Or in like farm life. Drug dealing? Who wants drugs at 6.30 in the morning? Have you watched The Wire? That's like why I could never be a drug dealer. They got to get up like super early. Huh. Anyway. Early bird gets the worm. Um, early bird gets the heroin. Early bird gets the heroin. But man, these birds are not doing anything these days. They're <laughs> lying on the ground. <laughs> Their song is weird. It's a perfect day. Twin. <laughs> Go on. Hanging upside down on the line. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm... When you talk about this online, use the hashtag heroin birds. Uh, I like that it's like we haven't seen each other all day. And then when we actually see each other, we can't like get a sentence straight. I can't get a sentence straight. Um, Eventually, our older two girls learned not to get up at 4 a.m., but they still get up around 6.30 a.m. on weekends, no matter when they go to bed. It took them longer to learn not to wake the youngest up. Cue backhands in her sleep when they tried. Oh, wow. So she'd, like, lash out and punch when they tried to wake her up early. I respect that game. But they still have learned, and luckily they are older and can entertain themselves now. You guys are doing a great job, and listening to you gets me through my day at work. Thank you, Christina Crowder. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Christina. This letter is from Kelly Levy. Hi, Betsy and Amanda. Thanks so much for creating such an awesome and inspiring show. (laughs) I've been listening for about a year and a half, and I truly appreciate your stories, wisdom, and overall positivity. In fact, this show gave me a small yet amazing financial benefit. I was at breakfast with a friend when we noticed another mom struggling with her 18-month-old. We smiled at her, gave her empathy, and later I told her she was doing a great job. Yay! Yay! She paid for our breakfast! What? What? Nice! So you should know that by helping us encourage that by helping us encourage others, we are all paying it forward. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And you get free stuff. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I mean, the, the free stuff's cool, but most of all that you told her that she that was doing so a great sweet. job. That's really, that's a nice just. You were really there, which you told that person what they needed to hear at the moment oh. they needed to hear it. And also like an 18 month old. 18 months is like when shit starts to get real real it's not you're like oh this isn't all giggles and hugs like this kid isn't always sweet sometimes this kid smacks me in the face and yeah and and they they lack any kind of like elegant way to express it so sometimes it'll just be like oh i don't love you so much right now punch 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 yeah all right now the story that broke me This happened a while ago, but I couldn't quite articulate the horror in written form before now. (laughs) Full disclosure, I for sure made some subpar parenting choices during this event, but don't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if we judged you for that. Oh my God. Imagine if we judged you 
and I mean, think of the stories I've told on this show, like screaming at my child for like about his losing his hairbrush. Can you imagine what this podcast would be <laughs> if we were just like perfect parents and all we talked about <laughs> is like, judging other people? That would be zero fun. Anyway. Why mommy's never had a drink in her life because she's a model of self-control. I think that's just called Instagram. Oh, I think you're right. Ooh, shots fired at oh, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, moms. <laughs> okay. A little background. Right before my daughter's second birthday, her teacher informed my husband and me that she was a... Uh... Pause. Right before my daughter's second birthday, her teacher? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I do know that from other... From moms who have um, who have used daycare, uh-huh. I think a lot of times they will refer to the caregivers in daycare as their teacher. Ah, that makes sense. Because I was going to say, that's what we in the improv comedy world call the first unusual thing in the scene. <laughs> Her tutor. Now, uh, Rex technically had a teacher before his second birthday. But he's a little freaking nature. Yeah, but he's nature. a weirdo. That's yeah. weird. Well, maybe your daughter's a weirdo. All right. Welcome to the club. <laughs> um, so a little background. Right before my sis- right before my daughter's second birthday, her teacher informed my husband and I that she seemed really ready for potty training. Of course, I listened to her because as a 20-something-year-old woman with no kids, but with a degree in teaching early child care, she obviously knows more than me. Oh. <sighs> Remember when we had our first baby and we didn't know that everyone's a dum-dum and no one knows anything except certain people that you can figure out and we would just listen to anyone's advice? everyone tells you, like, what you should do, like, very earnestly and very, um, like, emphatically. Have you talked about Dr. Harry Bond? I feel like, I know we're reading this, but I feel like we need to tell this story. All right. Let's take a little sidebar. Let's talk about it. Dr. Harry Bond. Bond. Okay, so we're going to take a little uh, little side route. A little detour. A little detour, a little uh, scenic route. So, um, you know how you're supposed to get a you're supposed to get a pediatrician right before before your kid is born. You have to get that shit all lined up. And we had just moved to Brooklyn from Manhattan, and not like we had a fucking pediatrician in Manhattan, but we didn't know we didn't know anything. We didn't right. know. I mean, I barely knew where I was most of the time because and we I'd, didn't know anyone in the neighborhood, right? No. Like we knew the neighborhood. We'd lived in our Manhattan neighborhood for 10 years or over over, over 10 that, years yeah yeah so so here we were in this you know and i was pregnant and not as mobile as normal and uh so so yeah i don't even know i think it was one of those things where we just asked our insurance we called the insurance and and because there's no real way to evaluate them um they were the like, here's, doctors. here's a pediatrician. I was like, here's nearby, right? It's like super close by. It's walking distance. That'll be and so it's, convenient. It was a beautiful walk over this little bridge. So you tell the story because you remember it better. So so it's in this Ukrainian neighborhood um, of like Kensington, Windsor Terrace, if you know Brooklyn at all. Yeah. And when we say that, we mean like lots of people live there who who only speak Ukrainian. Right. Like there's like signs will be in English and Ukrainian and like that kind of thing. So we go into this and we've got our tiny little baby with us. So we have this, uh, the baby is a handful of days old because we, we haven't got this stuff lined up, right? Had we gone before? No. Okay. So that's weird. What you've got, you get the baby, you come home and then you've got to like right away before the baby gets logged into the system or something like that. You've got to go and get, these forms filled out and have a pediatrician. So you just like have to have a pediatrician. Yeah. 
and you have like booklets that you bring with you. And this is back in the time where you're like writing down every time they pee and like, right. Right. And, and we were just like, and you know, they release you from the hospital and you have this enormous folder of like different, uh, like how to brochures and like different business cards of people like nursing consultants and like, and you're brand new at this. And you, I remember you feel and, like these idiots gave us a baby. And also like, a bomb went off in my body. Like I was messed up. Yeah, that's right. Because that was the one where the, uh, the painkillers didn't take. <laughs> right. My epidural did not work, uh, for but my we- first baby. And I was not prepared, had a little panic attack. Cause we were so sure like, Oh, we're going to get an epidural. They're like, well, do you want to take a breathing class? And we're like, uh-uh, we're going to get the epidural. No, not even. I was like, should I take a class? And my like, friends really? who yeah. had had babies and my, and my, um, uh, OBGYN were all like, well, are you getting an epidural? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, then you don't need to worry. And that was it. Yeah. And so I went in being like, I'm getting the epidural. Everything's going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, they did it, but it didn't work. Yeah. I could feel everything. And I ended up with third degree tears. But ding. And then because they had to come in and uh, re-up your anesthesia every half an hour because they'd just stick it in and it would like drip right out, then they tried to charge us $8,000 for all that afterwards, remember? Cute. Cute. But we won. Anyway. So. So. So we go. Take this tiny little So I'm hobbling. And Yes. And we're pushing this stroller and we go into this little office that I can still picture. Mm -hmm, I can see it too. Right. So we go in and we meet Harry Bond, and he is this uh, uh, white-haired, genial, sort of jovial gentleman. Well, wait. The yes. first thing I remember Please. is we went into oh, the waiting right. room, and there was a bathroom in the waiting room, and there was a sign, sign. Yes. and it said, do not dispose of dirty diapers in this bathroom wastebasket, or you will be fined $50. Right, and I remember we saw this, and we were like... This can't be a good sign. Yeah, that can't be a good sign. This is a pediatrician's office. With people who all have their first babies, you can't leave a dirty diaper. You're like, what's the plan, man? Also, it should be, this place, there should be children coming and going all the time. Yes. And they, a lot of them wear diapers. Now, literally, if this was with our third child, we would have done what we have done in the past, which is laughed our way out of the building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is a joke. Goodbye. There was a time when we first moved to L.A. and we were shopping for cars. And, uh, I remember that. And we wanted to get, like, a, a used 2014 Highlander. Right. Uh, we wanted to get a hybrid. Highlander hybrid. SUV. Yeah. Uh, used hybrid. And so we went uh, to the Toyota guy and we were sort of negotiating a little bit. And so uh, finally he's like, he was like, all right, let me write down a number for you. Uh and he like writes down a number and he like slides it across the table like he's all slick. And we look at it and it is straight up ten full thousand dollars more than our top budget. And we just looked at each other and laughed and could not stop laughing. We got up laughing, pushed our chairs in laughing, walked all the way out, could hysterically laughing, got in our car laughing and drove away. Oh my god, that's right. We like scream laughed <laughs> to each was, other yes. and then we're like yeah you're right i think we just laughed stood up and left because i remember like because there was no it was like end of conversation there's nothing and he had this vibe like all right 
and like I'm gonna let you I'm gonna do you a solid here like let me go you know it's like when the guy goes let me talk to my manager and you know for a fact he went and just smoked a cigarette and came back because he smells like cigarettes um oh my god so anyway oh, Harry Bond so Harry Bond <laughs> So he's this uh, gregarish Ukrainian gentleman, and uh-huh. he's a very sort of uh, you know patriarchal guy. Yeah, and so like he, an older guy, I older think. guy, yeah. older guy, very authoritative yes. on how women's bodies work. Yes, and he said, "Well, the first and most important thing you need to do is you need to make sure that uh, you to isolate everything so your baby doesn't get allergies." Right now, meanwhile, we are you nursing this- your baby? Right. Yeah. So yes. So now, also at this point, um. You know, I have done a lot of research and reading, right? And to and you have too, but I've protected you from a lot of this stuff. Right. Like our agreement was like I would read all the baby books because in what to expect, they have to list everything. Right. So every it's like WebMD. Everything you look up to right. be like, or death. Exactly. So I wasn't gonna let you yeah, we agreed on that early. But so also, but we're both new to this, right? And information is so asymmetrical. And this guy is a doctor. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, and he's I'm authoritative. Authoritative. White coat the whole night. He has his own office with his name on it. Yes, he's got a secret agent's name. He's a very friendly gentleman. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, you know, whatever, 30-year-old guy. I'm like, I'm not going to tell this guy to do his job. But so he starts explaining all the insane like elimination diet right so he's like if you're breastfeeding you need to eliminate certain things and i, I remember, remember at the time he, and i was like that doesn't sound because right. i remember he was like no chocolate for first year of baby's life right right and i remember we were like Haha. um yeah yeah i'd forgotten about that part right but like he was doing some weird fucking experiment. Do you remember what it was called? Oh, okay. the stoplight method? The stoplight method. I will never forget stoplight method. Why don't you tell everyone what the stoplight method Okay, so here is how stoplight method uh, works. So, Oh, listen to Harry Bond here. He's very authoritative. Uh, I describe it to you almost exactly like he did. So red means stop. So you are not to eat any red foods. So no red apples and the strawberries. Yellow means sometimes. So sometimes you can eat the bananas and you can eat the lemonade. And green uh, means go. Everything that is green, you can have a lettuce and you can have broccoli. And so and so I listen to this and I'm like, what the fuck? Like like this you know, this can't be right. Like I'm not an expert. I know nothing. Right? But this can't be right. And so I said to him, I was like, so let me get this straight. She can have as many Granny Smith apples as she wants. Green apples. Green apples. But no red apples and yellow apples sometimes? And he goes, that is exactly it. And so we, I remember I was like, yeah, and we're like, we gotta go. And I think at that point, right, we're like, this is weird. We're done here, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't think we left. I mean, we didn't leave in a huff. Yeah, but I remember like, walking oh, okay. out of that's, there. That's interesting. Well, we'll see you next time. We did that thing where you make eye contact with someone and you both go, "We're done here, right?" Yeah, yeah. Let's get the fuck out yeah. of here. This is fucking nuts, right? Because I remember when I walked, uh, when we walked out, I remember seeing this poor like immigrant woman that was there with her baby, and I was thinking like. You know, this woman's like 20. Yeah. She's going to go in there and listen to that madman. Who tells her she can't have watermelon for a year. And imagine telling a woman who's just giving birth, you can't have chocolate for a year based on no science. So, so we get home. Yeah. And I am, I'm like, and we're laughing the whole way. We're doing our impression oh, the whole way. And they wanted a $100 deposit. Right. Right? A hundred. Yes. A hundred dollar right. deposit. Which we gave them and I had to go back and get years later. Yeah. 
that was fucking and weird. And they finally gave it to me, too, but I had to, like, harangue them. What fucking doctor? But, dude, seriously, when you live in New York City, weird shit like that yes. happens all the time. This one time, I'm sorry, like, we are, like, Don't in apologize. a this story, podcast. in a story, in a story. Yes. Um, but one time in New York City, um, I had to get, like, a general practitioner, and I had new insurance, and everything was all fucked up. And uh, I worked in Times Square, and uh, and so it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, well, who who is, like near my work and I can go get there quickly during my lunch break and um I found this doctor and 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 she was a female um which I preferred um and so I show up to this building and it's like a massage it's like a spa right and but it's like closed it's a spa that's closed and I'm like, well, this is fucking weird. And I, I feel like it was – finally I got, like, someone on the buzzer and I go in and it's like, I'm in a spa. It's closed. It's after hours. I go to, like, up a few floors. It's empty. And then there, I think there was just, like, this woman wearing a lab coat. Just under one swinging light bulb <laughs> facing the corner. And she, like, saw me in, like, a, one of the rooms where they did massages. But, like, it was, like, a – <laughs> medical intake me- like and she was topless which i think was weird <laughs> but she had a lab coat on so i guess she's a professional and then i remember she was i had like i was like i'm really tired i don't know like at the time um uh, anyway she recommended her her medical recommendation was garlic it was just jesus christ it was so fucking insane i mean but your tolerance when you're young and live in new york yes because all that stuff is just kind of the way it goes oh yeah like, it's like i saw i saw a man shit into the subway uh tracks today and sure like but, why won't a woman just see me in a massage room tell me to do weird things wearing a lab coat like, oh the yes. other thing was she asked me to get undressed and i think she was in the room while i got undressed did she say the word slower <laughs> I mean, but let I me got tell you her something. name. I got her name through my insurance. Like she was a doctor. Her name was Doctor Mystique. <laughs> I mean, it's just, do you remember the like the the fake flower store on Third and B? Oh yeah, tell them. So, uh, so there was um a block up from us. We lived in the in Alphabet City in the East Village, and uh, there was a store that was ostensibly a flower store. Well, and before. Like years before we moved there, it was they like to call it the heroin this the oh, the in, in intersection where we live. Avenue B and Second Street during what was called Operation Overlord. It was the per carat per heroin distribution capital of the world. Of the world. Uh, a, so a little way before we got there. there. We cleaned so, it up. Yeah, we cleaned it up. It's but so us. so what what So we just had a block friends, up from our house. Right. And so a little before and when we moved in, we were always on like the, the tip of the gentrification spear. Um, but like when we moved in, I remember our upstairs neighbor was telling us like when she moved in, she's like, well, you kind of go to the gangs for uh, protection. Like the cops don't even come in. She was like, my first day there, this guy came up and he's like, hey, we're kind of in charge around here. If anyone gives you any trouble, because like there's not going to be trouble in the neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so there's a store on Third and B that uh, is has it, it's like a flower shop, but all it's ever had on the window are these 
dusty, sagging, <laughs> sun-bleached, like, silk fake flowers. And it's sort of been an article of faith, I think, that it's like a drug front or something. Like, we've always known this, but no one's ever gone in. So then, it never occurs to you to it go in. It just kind of blends into the scenery and disappears in a way it's after a while. It's one of those things. And I gotta say, when you're, you know, 20 and you're in New York, it's part of it's part of the fucking thing. It's like Willy yeah. Wonka. It's like, yep, there's the... Yeah, we drink, we eat that waterfall, and then also, this is a weird storefront where, like, when I met God knows first- what happens landlord in new york and i went to negotiate with him and it was that like <gasps> right. giant room filled with like 10 rusty bicycles and he had a handgun on the desk yes and i remember and i go hey you sure you got enough bicycles because i know a guy that can sell you bicycles and he goes i'm good <laughs> <laughs> but he had a gun right on his yeah, desk. gun on the desk because like old... an old rusty gun yeah yeah just in case shit got in case shit i guess got maybe, out of control yeah, yeah. so uh there comes in a case time... you wanted to get a bike Apparently, like, fuck you. Ten keep all my bikes. Bike? Yeah. Anyway, so there comes a time where I have to get you flowers for some reason, mm-hmm. and I have to get them fast. Um, <laughs> I wonder what happened because, like, a block away, there was a grocery store that always right. had flowers. Right. And it was the, open twenty four hours a day. What yes. the fuck was happening? Apparently, maybe grocery store flowers wouldn't do. Did I fuck something up? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't want to paint a picture like it's a sitcom where I was always like, running out to the flower shop to like apologize to you. Um, of all places to go and get flowers to apologize though i can't remember but that's the thing right so you wouldn't there's no reason anybody would really consider this on your menu because so so i walk in but i'm not thinking like i gotta run in so i go and open the door but what was the reasoning that you fucking went in in the first place i needed to get flowers from a florist okay for some reason yes and i guess i was like i'll just go to this place and i'll just see right so uh, you uh, you go in right, and it's like a, it's a black box. Like what I want you to think of is in the first Men in Black movie, when Will Smith goes in right, and there's just like a just like a, a metal like corridor, and there is this like like fat. Uh, this is like, real life or still Men in Black? No, okay. real life. So it's just this like black corridor, and there's a door at the end. And there is, in a folding chair, sits this, like, 50-something fat Puerto Rican and a wife beater. And he's sitting there. And we look at each other. And I go, um, do you guys sell flowers? And he goes, bro, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And I left. And that's the only time I was ever in that building. (laughs) Oh, it was a colorful life. Yeah. We, uh... And now we couldn't couldn't afford to eat at any of the restaurants no. there. No. Oh man, we could go on and on. We mm. used to live in an apartment building where everyone else in the apartment building either worked for our landlord or oh sold drugs. And or sold <laughs> and drugs. Or, yeah, a lot of them part of the operation. worked for the landlord and sold drugs. Should I tell them the Caesar story? Yeah, tell it real quick. Yeah. Okay. So, um so we lived on B and 2nd Street in uh, on the second floor of an apartment. And on the first floor was this revolving business that yeah. was like uh, sometimes it was like an ice cream store. Sometimes it was a 99 cent store. Right. It ended up when we left, it was called 99 cents and up or less. Uh, <laughs> and uh, You cannot make it up. New no. York's a crazy place. So, it, and at one point it was like a Vietnamese hip hop studio or whatever. Oh, that's so, right. So we're in our, um, we're in our apartment and there's this loud disco music that is coming from above. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and Betsy goes, can you, Go see what's going on with that. Um, because this sort of, you know, it's like when it co- I had to confront the neighbors because I'm the man. So I went upstairs. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Fair enough. <laughs> You're not going to go. I get it. When, 
you I know you like to say that, but there is a certain amount also of danger that I am more open to when I approach people. Which I am now even more aware of given where this went. Yes. So you're right. I remember the time being like, God damn it, I have to do all the confrontations. But then I have to think about it. Yeah, I probably should talk to the Puerto Rican gangsters instead of letting my wife do it. Thank you. You're welcome. Them um, being Puerto Rican has nothing to do with it. But yes. Obviously, it has nothing to do with it. It's just a little local color. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, everyone no, in our you, neighborhood Listen, was... when we talk with the Japanese triads, you go. <laughs> they respect you. They don't respect me. <laughs> so anyway, so there's this loud disco music coming from Everyone in our neighborhood was uh, Puerto Rican or Dominican. Dominican. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's sadly, uh, yeah, we are always the harbinger of gentrification. We are death. inevitably it's, the first white people on the block, and then we get There goes the neighborhood. Rats. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, all right, so anyway. Music. Music coming up. I go, Can you go upstairs, tell them to turn it down? Yeah, no problem. So I go up, and I bang on the door. And I hear this voice from inside, and he goes, yo, it's open. So I open the door. And inside, there are bricks of weed like compressed like from the wire like each of them like the size of a small suitcase stacked up right and there is caesar who's like our deputy landlord i'm not yeah. gonna give his last name caesar yeah he was not our landlord he was like the building manager yes he was technically second in command but he sort of he was a tougher guy he was the guy that wouldn't like cry in long jags in the courtyard like our landlord would sometimes oh, he's mentally ill yeah so anyway so uh so there's this all this like drugs everywhere. And so, by the way, if you are operating such an environment and you hear a knock on the door, I feel like, yo, it's open is like the bottom of the list of things you should say. Right. Because if you want to be a drug dealer, you have to have two things and only two things. Work ethic and discretion. And this gentleman had none of those things. Uh, it's like he had a bumper sticker that said, my other car also belongs to a drug dealer. So he, so anyway, so I walk in and I, and he was clearly expecting somebody else. Uh, and uh, we look at each other for like a moment and he's, uh, and he goes, Hey, you didn't see nothing. And I go, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, do you mind turning the, the music down? And he goes, um, walk with me, my dude. And so he sort of takes me on the hallway and he puts his arm around me. And he goes, so you didn't see nothing back there, right? I was like, Caesar, literally, I don't care. Uh, I just want you to turn the music down. And he goes, let me ask you a question. You smoke weed? And I go, I'm a stand-up comic. Is that answer? He goes, come with me. So then he brings me back in. He takes a legit machete. He cuts a thing open, takes this giant handful of weed, puts it in my hand. He goes, you didn't see nothing. And he, like, winks at me. And I go just the music right he's like oh yeah my bad my bad my bad and then he spent the rest of our relationship trying to tell me weed uh which i would which do. would have been the worst thing no that's ever. a guy you don't want to be in business with. oh my god so there you go anyway where were we harry bond harry bond did we finish that story no almost so we close the story on uh drug deals we uh, uh or uh, our upstairs neighbor we close the door on um weird flower shop we're backing out of this hallway. Yes. We close the door on it, Harry Bond. It, well, almost. So, it, yes. So, and this is, but this is the environment that we come from where everything's sort of crazy. <laughs> right. right. So you have a high tolerance for like Bonkatron. Yeah. So we come home and I think, well, he can't be making it up. There must be something to it. I wonder what he means. Right. So I go on a deep Google dive and I cannot find anything. 
I go to Google Translate. I t- look at Ukrainian sites because I'm like, maybe this is a thing. Nothing. There is no stoplight method. It's as if it were a prank. Listeners, if you've ever encountered this, <laughs> Harry Bunn, if you're still a free man for some reason. <laughs> oh my! And we were like so stupid and overwhelmed that we didn't like... You know, but we were smart enough to cut bait. And that's what I remember thinking is that there, like that young single mom in there doesn't know. Right. And so like, you know, this guy's going to be like, hey, remember, only sleep facing the south. And don't forget, like fart in the bathtub. It's like, OK, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I had spent my whole pregnancy eating like chocolate cake for breakfast. So also the thing like it was like, and now that you <laughs> ripped your body in half, no chocolate for a year. Like that to yeah. me was like the very first, like, what are you talking about? Fuck you. Yeah. I'll find a doctor who will let me eat chocolate. I'll you put that goddamn jump. baby right back up there. All right. Back to our, back to our listener story. Back to our listener story. It's a very long tangent series of tangents but hopefully you you enjoyed a walk through the woods with us yes thank you (laughs) okay so where we last left our hero this woman in her 20s who has no kids but a degree in teaching early child care um has told her that her almost two-year-old is ready for potty training and she is uh, of course, deferring to her because right. she assumes that she knows more um, than than our dear listener Kelly Levy. And there <laughs> is um, there is something that is uh, like when we've had pediatricians that are very smart and have gone to good schools but don't have kids. It's sometimes hard to connect with them because they have this very academic. Um, is he getting two point three grams of protein every three and a half hours? It's exactly. Like, come on. So. For the most part, she was right. My daughter was incredibly ready for peeing, but not so much on the pooping. Like many kids, it took her a while to actually do it, but mostly because she's extremely stubborn or just flat out did not want to do it. Or is one and a half. Yeah. Or maybe just two. Yeah. That's like half what a lot of people do. (laughs) Wait, what? A lot of people probably train at like three, right? Oh, or older. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One and a half Almost two. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's that, that to me is. Like, I mean, it's amazing if you can. But that's like but, she's she's eighteen months and she can only count to five. It's like that's amazing. <laughs> All right, um, it took a full seven months, which I know is nothing compared to the twins, Amanda, but it was making me nuts. Fast forward a few months later, she had been pretty successful with potty training, with the exception of pooping, of course. I work six days a week, including the weekends, which means that I don't get to see my kid often. It also means that she has a tendency to act out when I've been gone a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I hear that. Uh, one weekend was particularly rough. She essentially didn't see me from Friday night until Sunday afternoon. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah, that's hard when you have a little kid like that. Because um, that for them, that is such a long period of time. Right. Because that's like, oh, it's 1% of their entire life so far. And it's hard because you don't. You know, it depends where you're at. But a lot of times it's not like you want to be at work either uh, at that stage. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're like, I am also sad. We are all sad about this. Uh, And even when you want to be at work, then you finally get to work. and You're like, ah, God damn it. I miss my kids. Yeah, let me look at these photos of my kids. Yeah. Because I had been gone so much, I decided to have some fun mommy-daughter time Sunday afternoon, and I thought it would be nice to give my husband a break. He left to go watch a football game at a friend's house while I packed my two-year-old and dog into the car to head to the park. 
We had a great time. Everyone played. Everyone was well behaved. We had to come home because it was close to dinner. Once we got back to the house, I went to get my kid out of the car seat. She had started doing this really irritating thing where she would quickly climb out of her seat once unbuckled and jump into the front seat of the car. Oh, (sighs) cheers. I remember that. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Sometimes we would come home and we would have to wait in the driveway for 10 minutes while Rex just pretended to drive the car. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. It remains unfashionable to leave a kid alone in a hot car. <laughs> but it was like every every day, day every single time we and got in the car. At first it was like, "Oh my god, this is so cute." And then at some point it's like, "Oh Jeez. my god." There's like a 10-minute tax on getting out of the car every single time. Yeah. Um Anyway, now he drives Lyft. So yeah. it was it works. <laughs> um She was so damn quick. I I could never really catch her. On this day, I decided to get her first, pin her down, and get her out. Success! And then I had to get the dog, which meant opening the front door. She took that opportunity and jumped into the car while I wrestled with the dog. Uh This was obviously my mistake. When she does this, it typically takes two people to get her out. Well, I was alone, so I decided to shut the doors, lock them. I had the keys and take the dog in. So it was uh, the dog and the kid are in the car. Oh, and she's like, I'm going to run the dog into the house. And then the I'm going to come back and get in. you. And I've got the keys. No big deal. There is. I think this is a sound plan. Is I a, understand. It is a sound plan. In retrospect, I'm sure it always looks right. right. Any, but, any story that starts with like, and I just let the kid alone in the car for a minute. But like, I've done yeah. that. I mean, unless you're like going in and like taking an elevator to the eighth floor and then coming, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm sure it was probably fine. Yeah. Okay. Buying your heroin for some weird birds. What? I was caught back for a while ago. Okay. All right. So while I was alone, so I decided to shut the door, lock them. I had the keys and take the dog in. So she sat happily in the driver's seat for thirty sec for the thirty seconds it took me to take the dog inside. When I came back out, she was laughing hysterically in the passenger seat. I come over to find out what's so funny, and she points to my seat and proudly declares, "I peed." Oh. In your. Oh, gosh. I hope she had leather seats and not cloth. That little angel pissed all over my seat. I am immediately filled with rage. (laughs) How am I supposed to clean this car now? I grab her and take her inside, strip her. Oh, yeah, because she's like, I'm home alone. I got to clean the piss out of this car before it dries. I've got a crazy dog. I've got this kid. Um, Oh, right. This right. Potty training. So not in diapers. Mm, yeah okay that little angel pissed all over my seat i'm immediately filled with rage how am i supposed to clean this car now i grab her and take her inside strip oh sorry strip her wet clothes off and i tell her to stay in the house i lock the front door oh boy boy. i got the goose i put the grain in the boat (laughs) i lock the front door go to my car and mop up what seems like a gallon of pee I head back in and I find her smiling and laughing about this. I was so mad. So all I could do was ignore her. Mm, We've all been there. Cheers. She had absolutely no remorse. (laughs) That's so funny. Ice cold. That's an age too. I I love too that you're like, why don't two year old? Why don't you understand how annoying this right they're and just it, like it's hilarious i peed a gallon in your chair and the two is like you know that part of the brain that it makes you give a fuck yeah that's like two years from now that's going to develop 
proceed to unpack our stuff and go about my business while giving my two-year-old the cold shoulder because I'm that mature. What, dude? Dude, you're I handling get it. well. Sometimes I, yeah. I, I would just wish the goblins would come and take him away. Yeah. When all of a sudden she starts laughing again. No. I look up to find that she had shit on the living room floor. No. This kid actually spite shit on the floor rather than go to the bathroom or even go in her pants. And when I yelled and screamed in outrage, she laughed in my face. Oh, oh toddlers. No. Oh. At this point, I was done. I called my husband, told him what she did, and explained when he got home, I would be alone for the rest of the night. Luckily, he did come home early. What kind of car did you get? New car after you burned that other car? <laughs> well, no, she didn't shit in the car. No, she just peed on the car Yeah, seats. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I can say is that it's a good thing she's cute. And now she shits in the toilet. Small miracles. Thanks for reading this. Thanks for all that you do. And thanks for giving me hope. You're both doing an amazing job. Kelly Levy. God bless. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Wow. Ari, uh, you're doing a great job. Betsy, you are truly doing a great job. I mean, we have to grade on a massive curve. Everyone's having a hard time. Yes. But I think you're doing an amazing job. I Thank really you. do. I do, too. I think you're doing an amazing job. <sighs> um, who wants to do the Amanda part? Oh, right. All right. So you, you may find yourself traveling through three different time continuums with daughters that have three different ages at the same time. Or... Buying flowers from a gangster. <laughs> or uh, you may find yourself uh, having your beautiful home a spite chat in uh, <laughs> as your pro your potty training prodigy turns out to be a nemesis. <laughs> but I tell you what, no matter what you or Hey, you may be up at like close to midnight trying to tape a podcast when you've barely talked to your wife. But whatever you're doing out there. Know that you are doing a great job. My mommy drinks. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors, Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.